It must be nice. It must be nice. That's 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 all I have to say about that. What what an amazing luxury to have absolutely nothing be your fault. One in four in NFC Championship games, not your fault. It's, it's, it must be nice to have the media on your side no matter what. But I do. I I just have to respect just the manipulation of the whole thing. It's really just impressive. Losing to five billion year old Tom Brady at, at home in Lambeau and have have everyone else think that it's the organization's fault. And that's that's kind of why, the, the, you know, the previous episode, we talked about the Jeopardy thing. Uh, it, of course, it seems a little prescient now. I Just just to me, I, I just, just found it was interesting that it seemed like, well, they're getting this narrative out there where he's like, oh, what can, like, like, like Eeyore, like, what can I do? It's their fault. And everybody just kind of rolls with it. Dan Lebitard, all these kind of people, Mina Kimes, and it's just like, but again, so many of the things that we talk and, and this is like the beating a dead horse podcast is that there are some people are winners and just because you're not uh like you don't have to be a loser just because you're not like this ultimate winner and like these loser tendencies just kind of come up and come up and i i really think though like the kind of the intersection of like media spend and analytics and all of these things like like no one is going to agree that the analytics thing is just a house of cards, a, a very informative thing that has this big hole in it. And because people will not accept that the best analytic quarterback that they kind of think that they've seen, people won't accept that that's a failure. And we saw this very similarly with, with Peyton Manning and these other guys. Like if you put up big numbers, if, if at the end of the year you can see this many touchdowns versus this many interceptions, people will just not accept that you don't win games when it comes when the rubber meets the road. People will not accept it. They just won't. And um, but pe people can understand interceptions. People can understand mistakes. If you take a sack like that, just doesn't it just doesn't stick for a lot of people. And again, I mean, whatever. But it, it's just fascinating. Somebody oh, the organization failed him. The organization failed him. They had the number one offense. They had home field in the NFC Championship game. He didn't deliver. Like the team did deliver. He didn't deliver. Whatever. You didn't win. Like. I'm sick of hearing about the growing pains. Like, show me the baby. But that's just me. Maybe we'll talk about this later. Um, so this is the second half of the um, MCU countdown, which I meant to make one big podcast, but the file size was too big. So we waited a couple of days. Had a lot of really nice feedback to that. Um, the only reason this podcast, you're not getting the wrath of me against whatever guy was on Kane Pittman's podcast. I, I want to call him Matt Velasquez. Who was on Kane's podcast? It's not Matt Velasquez. It's the other guy. Is it Justin Garcia? Um, Justin Garcia was on Kane's podcast and just started lying. So that'll definitely come up back again. And then, like, so I <laughs> like Kane. Kane is so adorable that Kane was like, "Look, man, I, I had to get some stuff off my chest, and I had, I went on a mini rant." And then you listen to it, and it's just Kane being just. Just pleasant and just saying, hey, look, I don't know if you want to say this. I appreciate it. If you don't appreciate it, uh, whatever. And I'm like, oh, okay, some, some hot fire coming from Kane Pittman. So we'll get – and obviously the Bucks are a, are a tire fire as, 
as we all saw coming. So what I'll say, what I want for this podcast moving forward, I want the podcast to continue to be a mix of fun and other stuff. We have so many guests lined up. We're going to have... no matter what you feel about certain things, I'm sure I offended some people with the Rogers stuff. I, like I'm wearing my Jordan. Can you see virtually? Theater of the Mind, can you see me wearing my Jordan Love jersey right now? I'm back, baby. I'm back. We're back. We're, we're Packers fans against. Um, whatever people feel about this kind of stuff, like I, like I don't care. But this, we're going to have fun, fun, fun pod- podcast. We're going to have some fun podcasts all throughout the playoffs. And that's ultimately what I want this to be. We're going to uh, stretch the limits of what local janky podcast can be. That's what I'm hoping to do. And so I appreciate everybody who comes along for the ride and enjoy Marvel talk, controversial takes, um, follow after this disclaimer. So enjoy. It's my fault. Check, 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 check. I think we're good. Okay. Civil war continue. Sorry. I think, I think I had wrapped, but, who doesn't like a good civil war? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it was great seeing them run at each other. Like, you, you need to dream up a sequence where they, you know, have all those guys go at each other like that. And obviously, I liked how they even kind of did a wink and nod to, like, we're not really trying to hurt each other until, like, uh, Scarlet Witch is basically, like, quit pulling your punches. Basically, like, this is more of an exhibition where we're trying to stop each other, but we're still friends. Because really, if, if they were really going at each other, uh, it would be hard to come back afterwards. So the acknowledgement that we're just kind of trying to slow you down, I think uh, it it works. And, you know, once they had a war machine fall out the sky and Iron Man, who did he blast after the fact? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> war machine fell out the sky and Iron Man blasted somebody for saying they were sorry or whatever. But who who got blasted there? It was Falcon. It was Falcon. It was Falcon. Falcon. <laughs> Black Falcon. Uh, that's all I thought about was uh, Green Falcon, Black Falcon when Falcon they were doing from, the Black Falcon. Yeah. <laughs> from the Key and Peele skit? Yeah. <laughs> so the same thing. I thought they just it's lifted like, it. It's like Black Falcon. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> that's racist, Black Falcon. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, You know, I, I, again, I'm half right about this. I think the reason they had that in the air port hanger was the context of batman and superman um or or uh or was it man of steel where just like everyone's like they're like well they're just killing everyone because mm. i think two movies i think both batman no batman versus superman was the dc reaction to people being like a man of steel they didn't care about any of the pedestrian civilians and this also being in a hangar where they're like well this hangar this airport is somehow empty right let's run across this hangar but all it's movies for a while for the day yeah right but this is the one too with um. So is this Alfred Woodard? Is that the one where Alfred Woodard like amb? Because I thought that was actually a really compelling kind of scene where she's like, "This is my son. Uh, this is my son who, who you killed." In yeah, I think Civil War opens up with uh, Tony has created a virtual reality just to like live five seconds to relive like being with his parents right yeah. before they died, and I believe he exits that building and goes into the basement and has the scene you're you're talking about. And, yeah. and and then he's weird science, Robert Downey Jr. or whatever, yes. whichever one of those movies. Right, was, like exactly. Sixteen Candles, or whichever right. one it was. Um, yeah, the Spider Man. I mean, we take for granted the Spider Man thing. Like, I, I like Spider Man fine, but it's like not like my favorite thing in the world. The, the Spider Man thing was nailed. That was also spoiled in the trailer. Him catching the shield and everything. But I, I mean, 
in the context, I guess, of all the things they didn't actually show from the movie, they had to give something. But that really, that really had everybody kind of going in the trailer. That was like the, I think that was after, you know, like they do the trailer and then they show the title and then that's, that was almost like the post credits of the trailer is him catching the yeah. shield. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't yeah, mind that reveal in the trailer as much only because it's not like he just showed up. They had, had a 10 to 15 minute scene earlier where Tony went to his apartment. So it's not like when he showed up on the action scene, that would have been spoiled at the movie. But what was it? He, he's Brooklyn or I always get him in Cap's location. Where's this is the this Queens? Is the, this is the worst use of my brain power. Like <laughs> I, the worst out of all the weight, all of all the waste. I always wonder why nobody did a mashup of doing it well. Where they're like, go Brooklyn, go Brooklyn. Because like, this is the Queens, representing Queens. It's like, Queens. Oh, check it out, baby. Because uh, it, it, but it was just like, yeah, Queens, Brooklyn. Yeah, no, um, Captain America's from Brooklyn. Um, Peter Parker is from Queens. And am I, and am I showing they cheered when they showed Queens? When right, Queens came up and then, to it. So, yeah. I, I think that's why, like, showing the trailer doesn't really affect me that much. Everyone was on to it, and everyone got stoked just from hearing, seeing, like, the Queens header on, on the lower third of the of the video in the first place so it would have been anti-climatic to, uh, anti-climatic to have him come in there and take the shield at that point like you knew he was in the mix uh so having the trailer didn't didn't uh, really throw me for a loop as much as like the hulk stuff but like i am man getting big i remember my eyes getting aw- i was like awesome they they did it like that's all you ever want to do when you show up to the show is be like that's awesome they did it but not know they were going to do it it's kind of like uh, yeah. Spoiler alert for Mandalorian season two. If you haven't seen it, it's like when they had Luke. Like you didn't want to believe it until they showed his face. Cause like it's, it's oh it's Jar Jar. Like you didn't want to get yourself too hyped. Like to the last minute. But um, uh, same rules apply for me on that. Um, Civil War, great movie. And people wanted people wanted Luke to be the Winter Soldier. Cause I never made that connection. But people were like, you know, his his uh, his chin cleft. They're like they wanted it to be that actor. That makes um, sense. Um. Before they like doctored his face, you mean? Right. They were just like he can play. There was a whole thing like, hey, he can just play Luke Skywalker, and that kind of kind of like the guy from the guy who played Solo. They were like, he should just he should just be Luke Skywalker. Uh, yeah. Uh, you got anything on Civil War? Yeah. So as great as the actual Civil War is, the the big battle at the airport. Like to me, what was even more impactful and memorable is watching Cap and Iron Man just fight at the end like just go all out like that final fight scene was the for me one of the best parts action wise of that movie it was and i will never yeah i'll never forget that one. i just remember sitting there like oh my god this is awesome <laughs> yeah the score really really builds in that scene it's 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 operatic in nature your your best friend and your old brother fighting because of the death of your mother like it's very old school kind of opera <laughs> soap opera but um they, to me they really just killed it with the with the score and and the fine and the finality like this wasn't i don't, I don't want to bad mouth these new age star wars films actually i do but when the next movie starts everything's not fine <laughs> like right. there's real consequences where it was like well we cleaned that up off camera did not happen in this movie it leads all the way up into the final movie um of the franchise and that's the way it should be there should be real stakes um, from the consequences of the movies. Otherwise, what's the point in running these movies back to back? And, and and it ultimately is the unanswerable question 
and all these movies have to deal with comic book logic and and on some level all these movies are kind of a metaphor for the arms race or for the nuclear race or anything like that but it's an unanswerable question and i have politically i've seen some people say well captain america should be on the other side and and tony stark should be on the other side but tony stark both of these characters kind of went through arcs right and that's what makes them not stale mm-hmm. i mean you could have written it either way but Captain America went from kind of being a wide-eyed idealist who died before he kind of was able to mature. And then he kind of learned that sometimes you have to break the rules and kind of something, you know, again, what is the plant yourself like an oak and tell them they got to move. And, and all the movies show Iron Man in his narcissistic way, kind of caring about people and, and kind of learning to trust the team. And so it kind of goes both ways and, and to have, and to have remorse, and his great arrogance about kind of the lot, the bodies that are left on the ground. So I think it's kind of an unanswerable question. And, and at the time, and at the time we were like, wow, like they killed, they kill, uh, you know, whatever his name is, Don Draper's boss. Like that, that, that we were like, wow, that he's just going to choke him out and everything like that. It, right. it, 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 it hit at the show, at the show, it, it hit hard. Mm-hmm. Is it Tony, and, Tar- Tony Stark senior? <laughs> is that all his name is? Howard Stark, right? Howard, Howard Stark. Ho- Howard Stark, who basically... So so the dude who played Howard Stark in, in the first Avenger basically could have been the White Wolf. It's like that kind of looking guy, mm-hmm. right? It's that kind yep. of thing. All right, so cool. Civil War. I guess we... Civil War. Um, uh, Luke, what's your number three? Uh, I Here I have Guardians of the Galaxy. Punt! My number three. Yeah, I knew it. I knew it. Very well. So we'll come back to that. Um, my number three is Avengers Endgame. Anyone else? You have the floor. Um, little bit of a hot mess. Uh, the most anticipated movie, just kind of by definition of all of the movies. And, you know, obviously when you're looking at this list, which doesn't mean anything, it's just an excuse to talk about all of this. I just have a hard time not talk, not including a movie that has so many characters uh, that I like, I think. Infinity War ultimately is a little bit better and has a little bit more shocks, but, and some aspects of the time heist become a little bit tedious. It's just a lot. It's so in love with itself that it kind of goes on and on with all these things, but it's just great. It's a, it's, it's a movie that rewards people watching the other billion Marvel uh, movies. It, it, it shouts out to the kind of the other deep cuts you know, it, it shouts out to Thor two just about as much as everything. And they, when they go going back in time, they're hitting all these spots and he gets to meet his father in the tunnel. And it, I mean, there's just, it's, it's, it's basically like deep reference, to the movie, you know, like fan service, the movie. And then, I mean, obviously, um, you know, cat cat picks up Molnir and, and portals and portals. And so when you really kind of break down the aspects of the movie, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm a simple man, like, like I like Rocky four, like I like really dumb basic movies, uh, portals, uh, everyone comes out of the portals and I should tell the story. Like, so I despise people who talk during movies, although, you know, sometimes we do this. So we're watching it the first time it's opening night. It's packed, all this kind of stuff like that. And you can feel just the rumble in the crowd, right? We're all spoiler free, the whole deal. And, you know, Cap breaks his arm and he, or whatever happens and he pu- pulls the shield back on and he marches out and we've all seen the scene and he moves and, and he hears and he hears in his earpiece and it's, it's crackly and he says, on your left. Um, and the portal's open and it builds 
and it builds in the crowd and the crowd is, you know, cursing. Oh, snap, all this. And it's just building and building and building. And then one of the greatest, dumbest moments of my life at the perfect moment, I yell out, they're the other Avengers. And everybody goes, yeah, just like that. It was so stupid. It was the dumbest thing in the world. And I would have hated anyone else who did it. I just could not do it. And everybody, but it was just building. And it was after they showed T'Challa. But before the before the Falcon portal opened where the music crest, and I'm just like, those are the other Avengers. And everybody's like, oh, and, 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 then, and then what follows is pretty great. Uh, there's a lot of, I'm assuming Captain Marvel isn't going to make any of our miss, uh, any of our lists, although there's some good aspects to some of that. But even she's used well in this, right? She's supposed to be, I mean, look, that could have been to me, the Silver Surfer or some other character like that, but she fulfills that role as kind of a cosmic character in this. I thought even that wasn't terribly done. Uh, sacrifice at the end, I, I like, I like the way all of that stuff goes. Some parts of it are loony and it's probably a little bit too long. But I just don't know how I can like put some lesser movie on there when this is like the culmination of all of this. So that's why Avengers Endgame is my number three. The reason this didn't make my list, I can't, I won't speak for Luther, but uh, obviously, like to me, this is kind of Return of Jedi esque. Um, it doesn't have the Jedi doesn't have the same flaws that I think this movie has. But the reason you pick it is for the payoff. If you can ignore everything around the payoff, it's the greatest payoff probably in cinematic history. There's like 20 movies leading up to this moment, and they nailed every part of it. You didn't even mention Iron Man's death, Iron Man scene, Spider-Man again. Like, they nail all of that. And it's very hard. And and maybe it's my old brain. Young child me would have eaten up every CG scene, every moment of it. My old brain turns off if there aren't stakes after like two minutes of just random Mm -hmm. lights and whatever. Um, but the way the teams work together, the way they move through there, um, it, it was a testament to them setting up this and knowing like this is the culmination of all these years and we're going to do it right. Uh, the only reason it didn't make my list is I feel like the time high stuff is really hacky. And once you say time high, it's like, how do you fail? Like when you really go through the scenarios and I know uh, most people be like, just shut up. It's a, it's a movie. It's entertainment. Turn off your brain. I can't turn off my brain once you try to explain something to me and it doesn't have any real logic to it. So once you tell me that, it's to me, it's like, oh, so you, you've already won, right? Because <laughs> you're doing all this random stuff that doesn't really make sense. And you're saying, don't worry about this. And I'm going to go home and be like, uh, yeah, they, they can't take those stones back. That doesn't make any sense if you can't go back to the whole timeline. And I know this isn't a time-centric podcast i won't go into the inception route or or anything Mm. go too deep down the rabbit hole on this but it just doesn't really work when you actually think about it but those payoffs are amazing and they were so good that i still they still almost made my list and i have a real big problem with all the time travel stuff so kudos to them for doing that well kudos for them for having them find current day thanos and just taking them off the board (laughs) early on in the movie you'd be like well now what (laughs) <laughs> where are we going from here uh, we're 20 minutes in but uh um it, it, it's a great movie uh with with a couple parts i don't like um, that's all yeah no I, I like you said it's all about the payoff on this one um i enjoyed the final fight scene a lot i'm sure there were yeah there were some dumb things in it but um honestly one of the things i really enjoyed about the movie that was surprising was just kind of like how slowly it started yes. and you felt the again the consequences and how it 
how the previous movie changed the world mm. and being taking the time to show that i was like that really got me into it and i think i feel like a lot of people hated how slowly it started but i'm like nah this was let like, the misery breathe man yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly yeah, yeah exactly uh, so yeah. it yeah it's not on my list but um the the only like, thing i really not, don't not because like it's not a good movie the only thing i really didn't care and it's not a big thing I think people will look back and be like, this was kind of the five year girl power kind of, kind of, kind of era. Like everybody lining up for the girl power moment. Like we're going to clear the road. It just kind of, again, it goes back to subtlety. It's like, Hey, we're underlining what we're doing here. Like you could have had a couple male characters here and it still would have been like, whatever. I don't exactly know what Pepper's doing there, but actually I wasn't even going to bring that up to me. The thing that kind of bumps me is like, you know, Valkyrie's the alcoholic, but then, like, later on, like, Thor's the alcoholic, and it's like, oh, well, it's just because, like, all these women are kind of infallible kind of Ray characters at a certain point, but it was like, like, in, in Ragnarok, Valkyrie's like a hot mess, and then, like, I didn't like Fat Thor. I didn't find that quite as funny as, as other people. Thank you for bringing that up. Um, yeah, Fat Thor, I can kind of just, whatever, I can kind of whatever that in my mind. The bigger sin to me in this movie, which I completely forgot, is they did not have what was a satisfying redemption arc for Hulk. Yeah. Hulk was a punk in the previous movie, and I'm thinking, all right, he's going to really shine in the next one. That Joker put on a glove, <laughs> and right. he was out of, basically out of it. I'm like, yeah. I, I, can't, I couldn't, I, I just thought for sure. And, and like all that on the no stuff, like I'm not against them having girls team up in battles. They did something a little bit more subtle in, uh, I think, in Infinity, Infinity War. Um, have them yeah. do it, but don't have like the look at what we're doing. That's all I'm saying. Like have yeah. them battle together. And I don't know why. Why is Pepper Potts there? Why because, can't Tony have like 50 drones? Right. Well, that's the big. That's why Iron Man three, I'm guessing, is on no one's list because it just became this this yes this kind yeah. of thing. Like you get it, but it's this kind of thing that you shouldn't bring. It, it, it's like again back to Star Wars. It becomes this thing where once you bring it up, it just raises too many other questions. Like mm-hmm. are droids sentient? well, we shouldn't have never really been asked that they exist in this kind of in-between place. And once he has a billion suits, and once once they show him oh, being able special. to do it, once he can right. do it remotely too, which was what was happening in Iron Man 3, it's like, okay. Yeah, exactly. So, do they, why do they have to limit their, like, we've already seen Thanos just mop the floor with Hulk, right? Was that in the second one or in the third one? That's Infinity War. That's Infinity War. Start so, Infinity War. Like, I feel like by not having Hulk in that final battle is to make it more fair for Thanos. But why? Like, it, he's already strong enough. It's, he's not weakened, right? In the final battle, he's full Thanos. So why? I guess why make that choice and not have Hulk really be a part of the final battle? Because ultimately they needed to have Captain Marvel in there and they needed to pay off the Scarlet Witch thing with Vision. So she needed to get her... I mean, And, and again, that's appropriate. I just want... It's like Wonder Woman. I just want the appropriately strong characters to get their appropriately strong moments. And so Scarlet Witch is super strong in the comics, so that tracks. And, and so she needed her... Like, she needed her lick and, and that... And once the Vision thing happened, like, that makes sense. Um... I guess in the comics, Drax the Destroyer is way stronger than they showed kind of with Ronan or whatever else. But I mean, again, whatever. But like, I guess everybody can't have their moment. They did a really good job of of kind of having it pass. But I mean, it's like, you know, I, I will say as a ticking clock, 
And we all agree it's not the number one movie. As a ticking clock, Doctor Strange being like, this is the one time. And it kind of builds and it builds and he's like, this is your shot. I felt that the last little bit of that build is really satisfying. And for it being sort of a hokey line, the kind of the callback to the I am Iron Man thing. Like it, that, it, it all works. It works, it, well. it works, it works. really well, yeah. So yeah, I, I, it's my number three, uh, Avengers Endgame. I think we're back to the top of the so, order. So we skip, yeah, right? so it's back to you. Do we skip? So so are we catching up on the skips then, or is it your number two? I think it's my number two, right? All right, okay. At number two, the original Avengers. Mm. Good call. That's, that's I do not have that, it on my list. That's also my number two. Okay, so... <laughs> did I hear you correct? That did not make your list? Correct. Okay. So it's on me for my number two? Well, no, no. I mean, we're, we're at the same spot. We can just go yeah, ahead just, and do yeah, my number two. Exactly. Okay. So um, why is Avengers on my list? This is the culmination of everything I always dreamed about as a kid reading comic books. Truly... This is a movie not to be tested by anything before, not even remotely. Um, we had seen X-Men, um, but there was nothing like this where there was a buildup from multiple movies going into characters. And, and the beauty of this movie is I didn't love the Avengers. <laughs> I did not like the Avengers growing up. But they did all these movies so well that leading into the movie, you were I, I was probably a little skeptical and a little worried that this would just be like another wah wah just kind of paint by numbers thing but that is not what they did at all they immediately showed that these characters had personality that they were actual characters and not just uh, someone to do good all the time and that even though you know they wanted to possibly do good they all completely disagreed on how to get there that scene with the uh staff loki staff in the room where they it's kind of a spinning camera and it's just everyone saying their own viewpoints on, um, well, you did this, well, you did that. Well, how are we going to get to this better piece if you keep promoting this evil? Going around that room is the quintessential scene in that movie I always think about that tells me not only did they nail the characters, they cared about who they were in the comic books. And so often, especially like X-Men, they would just say, well, this is a big actor, so they need to have more lines. So she needs to be stronger or he needs to be faster or whatever it takes to move our plot that we've preconceived in our minds. That's not what they did. Everyone played the roles they would play in the comic books. And because of that, it made sense. It flowed. And everyone could have their own hero moment in different individual ways. Um, Black Widow, um, not a giant comic book fan of her. I didn't have any beef or anything like that. But when she went into Loki and Loki picked her apart and you could see it mentally got to her, but she was still playing a different, bigger con to get scene. information out of him is a great heroic scene that's not cheapened it fits with her character being a spy and works to the benefit of the movie and you like oh she's dope after that scene a, a scene when any, anytime you can have a scene and you walk away from it thinking i think this person is dope and it wasn't because any fighting they did but intellectually and it didn't cheapen the villain <laughs> at the same time uh, uh, i a lot of these movies that come out the things that make it worse is when they have to cheapen someone's powers or they have to cheapen the plot or weaken somebody, and now that person can be taken on other by, by other people. That's not why I showed up. I want to see people at their best, right? Like nobody wants to see uh, Jordan versus uh, LeBron now, right? <laughs> like, mm -hmm. what does that mean, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, in the same premise, I feel like, like Jordan would still take him though. 
it, it depends <laughs> on who Jordan's betting on, but that's yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, to me, um, uh, I, I know I've talked about Hulk a little bit, and it all those other movies really suffered for me because they did Hulk wrong in all of them in one way, shape, or form. Uh, in Ultron, he got kind of taken over by um, Scarlet Witch and was just doing random evil or just kind of crazed. And I don't consider that one the biggest sin of them all, to be honest, because, yeah, I could see that happening. But it wasn't the Hulk. Now I'm not getting the Hulk. And when you when you line up all the movies where Ragnarok, he's like a, a kid, and that's probably the closest thing you get to him. But then you go into Infinity War, he gets worked in the first five minutes, and now he's being basically played as a scientist. I did not sign up to see that. And then they don't give him a redemption art where he wears a glove in Endgame. Uh, that's very disappointing to me. The Hulk smash and him, even the timidness of Hulk throughout the whole movie to take on his powers, to like for him to actively try to turn into Hulk um, to help the team was a great character arc as well. The Iron Man versus Thor, does mother knoweth you wear her drapes? Like all that stuff hits on so many levels. And this is the first time you're being introduced to these characters. Um, did we have a kind of a generic sky beam scene where all the enemies turn off and then? Yes, we did. But really, we weren't going to watch them, watch them beat up every one of those aliens that came through the portal. Uh, Nick Fury is great in the movie. Um, yeah. Very good uh, representation of someone who is trying to put together a team. But in the end, like, I'm running the show. I'm going to do whatever I think needs to happen. And y'all don't need to know so much. Really works really well. Um, Hawkeye, if you're going to make a character be taken over and not be himself for a movie. Make it the character that no one really loves. Make it Hawkeye. Who? Oh, okay. Well, this guy is really good shooting, shooting arrows. All right, fine. Whatever. He can work for Loki or whatever. But like, uh, to me, Loki was very good in the movie. Uh, he kind of trailed off towards the end when Hulk smashed him five ways on that scene. Oh my goodness! Like the they just did up. so much. They they just did so much right. And um, I think uh, did I get. I think I got tickets ahead of time for like an early showing, right? And we yeah. got in there by the skin of our teeth on some, I thought I had like early tickets and they were guaranteed, but it was like, we gave up 500 tickets for early seating, but there's only 250 seats. And we got yeah. in right at the end, Barely, uh, yeah. probably like a week early. And it was just, uh, just one of the best theater experience I've ever had in my life. And I'm a guy who would always go to a midnight showing. So You couldn't believe how good it was. Yeah, couldn't believe how top to bottom good it was. And for that, uh, nothing will, I don't think it could ever go drop lower than three on my whole MCU list um, just for the experience. And it's what I've been waiting for my whole entire life when it comes to comic movies. When I thought about them finally doing some of these, this is the kind of thing that came to mind. Yeah, I, as we, since we started this, I realized I had left this one off and I deeply regret it. For <laughs> one of them, <laughs> it's better so, anyway. We get to talk about another one. <laughs> um, but no, I, especially thinking about that theater experience and like they, it was way funnier than I ever expected. And if it, an action movie is funny, it's always going to be. It should always be high on my list. Um, and so yeah, to see the personality, see the interaction between the characters, um, and never thought Hawkeye would be cool. They made characters who weren't even who I thought would be that cool actually cool to see in the final fight in the final fight scenes as well. Um between Black Widow and Hawkeye. 
Um, I expect Captain America to be cool, but it was it was cool to see him the way they did it too. Um, and Loki is a great villain. Um, when we talk, look at all these movies, he's still one of my favorite villains out of all of them as well. So um, I know he, I mean, he was the, I know he brought this army down, which is the mass villain, but the, the brain behind the villain being Loki, I think was great. Another, another quick thing that comes to mind um, to jump back to Hulk. And this is what I think uh, it's the only good representation of, representation of Hulk where it's not a solo Hulk film um, to me. The way when Hulk loses it on the ship and they show the terror in Black Widow's eyes, it was almost like a horror scene, which yeah. I really appreciate it because you, you didn't take it like, some, oh, she'll be fine kind of thing. Like they were dialing up like the horror aspects of this or her running and kind of being terrified of being basically ripped apart and they even led into that early on when she went to go talk to him in yeah, India. Yeah, that, that, that scene also yeah, where she pulls the gun, that also mm-hmm. really sets it up. Yep. That he, he's the new, I mean again, they keep they keep referencing it, you brought a Hulk, you're like, oh I think you brought you brought the monster with you it's like the whole thing right. is a play to get the Hulk because the Hulk is the is a nuclear mm-hmm. bomb basically. Right, yep. There's also the Thanos reveal at the end of it, I mean obviously Thanos doesn't have this obsession with death as a concept in the movies as it did but you know it, again wheaton just cute lines you know to, to mess with them is the court death and he smiles right and so that you don't have to get that but if you get in the comics that he's infatuated with the personification of death and you get like it's it's just these lines are are they're different than kind of the robert downey kind of riffs that you got throughout the rest of the movies where it's just he's calling somebody hey stay puff marshmallow man or he's calling them hey you know hey this point that. break Right, point break, all that kind of stuff, which which plays the first time you watch it. But uh, I, I like the week. I mean, again, like what? Th- there's only one God, ma'am, and he doesn't dress like that, right? Th- th- these kind of these kind of lines to show you kind of where these characters are coming from. Mm-hmm. Uh, the scene where where Cap is hitting the punching bag, uh, kind of early, kind of works. Yeah. It, it, it it they pitched a shutout with the interaction between the characters, but I do agree that and Coulson dying. You know, Coulson dying, and, and for the extent of the movies, he was dead, and like that being a real thing, and him being kind of a likable character that weaved through these movies at the first part. I didn't, I, um, right. uh, whatever movie I forgot to talk about, uh, when, when, um, Luke was talking about Iron Man 2, I do think, um, Iron Man 2 kind of sets up the, uh, Gary Shandling character, which kind of, pay, <laughs> kind, of pay, kind of pays off later, too. I forgot to mention yeah. that, but yeah, it, it, it was unbelievable. And I want to feel like what else came out in 2012? Was that one of the Dark Knight years? Or it came out with another movie that was supposed to be better. I don't remember. There was something else that was supposed to rule 2012. And much like, you know, Spider-Man and Attack of the Clones or much like there was like there's a, like Dark there, Knight Rises came out. Uh, Dark Knight Rises Avengers. was also 2012 and, and Avengers, yeah. you know, but Avengers was the movie. Amazing Spider-Man as well. It looks like. Yeah. Well, yeah. Not not that, that we expected much of that one. But, <laughs> hey, on the post credit scenes, how many of you were confident that was Thanos and how many of you thought that was a scroll? <laughs> uh, I never I never thought about it, but, oh, boy. I, I, okay. I, I, I again. Next time you watch it, just think it. Stop and pause for a second and say, think to yourself, can I identify that this was obviously Thanos or did I have to go upstairs, uh, go home and do like a Google search on no. this? Is well, no, because the kind of drooping kind of chin, yeah. the, the, the lines is more like a scroll. 
again, Captain Marvel, the movie, I'm sure it's not on any of our lists unless it's one of your number ones. And it like, that's when they started pivoting to not, hey, these things are applicable to all these real world scenes, but it's another universe. And then the scrolls were just immigrants from Mexico. You know, and I'm like, oh, so they're so they're all good. Like they're all good. Like we're happy with this. And it just became kind of this cutesy kind of thing, because I'm sure we're not going to talk about Captain Marvel. The other thing you mentioned how good uh, Sam Jackson is in this kind of the beef with Captain Marvel, too, is. Sam Jackson and Captain Marvel is really like his character in National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon or whichever (laughs) one it is. Suicide, huh? She must have caught herself by surprise. Found these on the floor near her. Wilderness girl cookies. What's going on here? Jump your gun, Mr. Luger. I don't have one. You are not carrying a weapon. Don't believe in them. Pick up the gun. Drop the gun, Mr. Luger. Don't do it. Drop the gun or I shoot your partner. He's gonna shoot me anyway. If you drop it, we're both dead. Do it, Wes. Shoot him. Come on, shoot him! Shoot him, shoot him, 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 I don't think anyone really liked this movie, so what difference does it matter? But I'm like, how'd you let him lose, lose his eye to this cat? They've like, it's hard to go back and watch other films where he's talking about, I trusted someone once and it cost me an eye. When you know it was like him playing with a cat that he found randomly like in a library or something like that. Yeah. Sam Jackson is angry in nine out of ten movies. Sam Jackson, they were like Sam Jackson the man. Um in whatever college, Grambling or whatever black college, like had a protest and locked up Martin Luther King's dad because he was on the board. Like Sam Jackson is militant in his personal life. He plays an angry movie character in nine out of 10 movies. And um, which one is it? And Captain America, the Winter Soldier told you what he was all about when he was like, my, my dad had a gun and carried it. He mm-hmm. trusted people. Like his whole thing. He's been slitting throats his whole life. Like that's who he is. He's the government spook. And then they, Captain Marvel, he's the guy from like National Lampoons or whichever one that was. Was it? Was it Loaded Weapon? Because Loaded Weapon is a, it's, is a it's weapon. Weapon. I think it's Loaded Weapon. Because because Emilio Estevez is basically uh, Mel Gibson, right? Right. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, sorry, I went on a tangent. Um, who's next? Or, or do we have anything else on Avengers? Marvel's uh, the Avengers. I think we got it cleared. All right, cool. Uh, Luke, what's your number two? Uh, for number two, El Dos, I have the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Thought so. Yeah. If for all right, well, any no one else has it, right? You, I had it at my four. So. This oh, okay. Is, yep. No, it's not on my list. You can go ahead, kick it off. All right. So at the time, I was watching Marvel Agents of Shield. Um. So like the the tie-in between the TV show and the movie, I thought was masterful masterfully done um but also just a really good to me it was like the first time i felt i'm in a serious 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 plot in a marvel movie and like they took it everything super seriously and 
I really appreciated that. Um, I love Hydra and how they used Hydra to, and to take over in the future or to try and take over in this movie. And then um, I love Bucky. I love the Winter Soldier. Like, he is super cool to me to be able to be that crazy awesome and just really have an arm. Like, and to the way he used to defend himself, blah, 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 blah. Like, everything they did with Bucky, I thought was really, really cool. So, Winter Soldier. So, I remember just being, again, one of those moments in the movies at the end of it. Um, the scale of the final battle, the just being in awe and kind of one of those moments where your mind is just blown at everything that's going on and how this all led up to shield splintering and and uh falling apart so for me it was super cool all right i'm, I'm gonna pick up where he left off uh with some of my notes from, from number four uh someone said this earlier and they said it and i i would like to challenge it but i didn't want to call out till we talked about winter soldier someone's like oh i love cap everyone loves cap you've always loved cap no we haven't we did not like Cap. No one liked Cap right. growing up. No one was repping Cap at all. You like respected right. him. Right. He's kind of like Leonardo on like Ninja Turtles, right? Like you respect him, but hardly anyone was picking him. You were rocking with Raphael or Michelangelo, right? That opening scene made you think of him completely different. Like the when he jumped out the not just jumping out of the ship, that was whatever. But the like the drone shot of him running through the boat That's and just taking out enemy yeah. after enemy. Uh, made you think of him as being something else. Um, made you think like, man, he he is about that. Like he's going to bring it, and and like you really gained a respect for who he was as like an individual. Uh, and you forget they inter, uh, introduced uh, Falcon in this. That's where we get you know on your left side. It had good story beats. It had good moments of pause and reliance on someone else and needing to go underground. And I, I kind of touched on this other uh, earlier. Every character shine without being cheapened. There was a giant Nick Fury scene that was 15 minutes that was dope where he just like got pinned in the streets. Like I always think about like some of the greatest car chases in in movies, and sometimes they do them, and your brain just kind of turns off, and it's just whatever. And there's some rare occasions where you like this stuck with me. Like whatever they're doing here with this editing, uh, the low angles or whatever, really shines. And the way they had Nick Fury be not only smart but tactful in that scene and like he's waiting for the shields to drop before he'll use the gun to shoot out uh, the he's like waiting for him to drop the car shields that he's in so then he can shoot out and get a, get away um it was just really well done uh winter soldier all his lines and his, his battle style with the knife like the dropping the knife to cut like it was not just yeah, one yeah, i, I, I yeah. do a haymaker you do haymaker no everyone had their own kind of personal style and it just flowed and you really didn't you watched it and you're like i don't know who's better (laughs) um never before or never since but but yeah yeah and uh the the ending scene like it it, once again what's the better victory when you the hero overcomes because he's stronger is it better he overcomes because he does what no one else would do which is show compassion like it kind of goes back to the Jedi Luke throwing down his lightsaber, not even trying to battle the Emperor, and then Vader taking him out. With him like not going to take out his friend, even if he he's afraid others are in danger. Like he's just gonna rock with them. Um, and eventually we see like the culmination throughout the series that Winter Soldier eventually gets his life back. But that was on the basis of Cap showing forgiveness and you know kind of feeling responsible for his boy. So 
to me, Winter Soldier and, and the whole spy espionage thing. We didn't, you know, Marvel likes to dabble. They like to dip their toe into different kind of genres. Uh, Ant-Man was kind of the highest. This is kind of more your espionage spy type movie. I think it was just really well done. I'd love seeing it in the MCU. Okay, just before you before you, say, one thing. before you say something smart, because you're gonna say something smart. <laughs> when's, and I'm not. When's the last time you guys saw Gone in sixty seconds? Uh, Gone in sixty seconds is the one where they steal all the cars, right? Yeah, with Nick Cage yeah. and, and um, that's my wife's one of my wife's top three movies. That's Are you not kidding like me? a British something. Yeah, she loves Gone in sixty seconds. <laughs> so I probably I see it probably once a year. I probably see it once a year. <laughs> it was on in a hotel in um. I can't even remember if it was Biloxi or, or one of these places. That guy is such a fake Chappelle. Like, you've never seen that guy before. They were like, let's get a fake Chappelle <laughs> for this movie. And it was like every Michael Bay movie where, you know, like like in Armageddon, it's like Eddie Griffin in that first scene being like, hey, we're going to make it. And he just has like a, a chihuahua and it's like a 30-second scene. But that, that fake Chappelle is in the entirety of Gone in 60 Seconds. And I just hadn't thought about it. But you said that with car chasing. Okay, so now you say something intelligent. <laughs> oh, there's a snake in this truck. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, no, what I just, Jordan, something you said made me remember. Oh, the, the, when, they're, when Bucky is chasing them in the street and Black Widow has to fight them or kind of hold them off. Like, there was such, I had such a sense of dread. Like, they couldn't get away from this dude, and he was going to catch them, and he was better than them. And I really, anytime, I guess that doesn't happen too often. Like, because in the back of your head, you're thinking the hero's going to win somehow, or they're going to rally together and beat this guy. But no, like, I was fairly convinced. I had no idea how they were going to escape. You're, you're and, talking about when Black Widow was pinned behind the car, right? And they've got, like, kind of a horror angle where she looks once again worried about her current situation. She's behind a car when her soldier's basically, like, coming closer and shooting around the edge. And she can't do nothing about it until Cap comes out. Yeah, great. And, and you rarely see that in movies. It's like everyone can is already ready to dip with anyone else. Showing that someone is concerned about their current situation, who you know is kind of tight, like who's good at their job or whatever, mm. shows you like the stakes and raises the villain at the same time. I love it when they do that. Um, so Bucky is basically like the Terminator in those scenes. And again, to go back to nitpick mm -hmm. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Sharon Carter can't flex on 20 dudes like that. Like the way to have that is to have her sneak up and stab one guy and then leg quick kick, you know, leg sweep another guy and then get out of the way and shoot right. behind the corner and then come back again. Yeah, exactly. Right. She had a ninja scene like like these scenes where everybody can take out eight guys. It's like, what am I watching here? But it's totally true. And people might object to, well, it's always got to be the female character in peril. Well, have, have it be the male character. No, but no. like, but but you need something. I need you need something to to, to have that feeling of dread. And, and have and, any character be in peril from a situation that they personally can't handle. So once again, if Scarlet Witch was going down there and do that, I wouldn't have any beef with that. Like, obviously, she should be able to wax all those dudes. But if she's just basically like your fourth string shield agent, uh, should she be able to take out eight people that Winter Soldier just struggled with? That's that's the question it's, like, it's, that it's, he was concerned with. Yeah, it's it's. It's a really tough thing to do well, and Marvel has done it so well for so long that it's taken for granted. I remember even like the, again, who cares, right? 
even the first Transformers movies, I'm like, oh, it seemed like Optimus should have got one more lick on Megatron than this. Like, you know, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he like, Sam, put, put it into my chest, you know? And it's, it's just like, so you got one lick and then they kind of cut away and then they show. The, so like, th- that always bothered me in movies. And I feel like for whatever else Michael Bay kind of did or people did, after a while they started, they started making movies where like, for Alien vs. Predator kind of movies, they started making movies where the humans got some licks and this, the bad guys got some licks and the good guys got some licks and it, and it made a little bit more sense, again, in a kind of a King Kong Godzilla kind of way. And some movies just have a bad guy that you can't get a lick on until the end where they electrocute him or something. Yeah, yeah. And that's more a horror kind of thing than an action movie thing. And I always liked it when they started making these other movies where it's just more kinetic that way, you know? To me, uh, it's a really good movie. I just don't care about Bucky at all, and it doesn't mean I dislike him. I I had a general kind of problem, but but what Jay says is correct. That Captain America was supposed to be like your dad or something. Okay, nobody wanted to be Captain America. His suit with the, um, especially his Avenger suit is really kind of goofy looking. It was good for the time because we were like, wow, that's as good as that suit could look. So certainly the Winter Soldier uh, Cap tactical suit is is much better. Every version past the Avengers, you know, the suit got better and better. But I personally, because I think this is like kind of the Ultimates, whatever that Ultimate series, the Ultimates Captain America, I think that's also where you got, you started to get comic characters where they just were starting to cast. I think that's where Miles Morales came from because they wanted um, Donald Glover to play him. So they started, they made, they basically started drawing Sam Jackson in comics way before the movies. They started drawing him as Nick Fury. I, I think I'm pretty right about these timelines or i'm close i remember and that way too not that i read the comics but i remember nick fury being the kind story. of a white silver fox looking dude my whole life until all of a sudden he was black and i was like well whatever i don't read comics anymore but then it was samuel L. jackson because it's, it's for the same reason we've kind of already discussed have them be what they are mm-hmm. in the comic books but i think they realized well we got this actor maybe if we give a five-year lead time yeah. and put oh, on totally. the comic books early people won't reject it as much Jim Lee, Jim Lee drew Nick Fury just like Wolverine. I mean, the hair was different, but like, you know how you draw the triangle, the kind of the, I yep. don't know if that's I see Sosley's triangle, the mouth with the cigar, like they yep. both have cigars. Yep. One had gray, but the, but the, he was a cigar chomping kind of guy with gray. Yep. Um, but no, I, the action scenes are just tremendous. Uh, um, the way the characters kind of play off and, and kind of the, you know, the tension between uh, Cap and Black Widow kind of, kind of plays throughout the movie. It's, I think Nick Fury dying and coming back is kind of ridiculous. Um, but, you know, That's fair. Trouble Man Trouble Man, and and all of that stuff is kind of great. And kind of the Falcon plot is kind of great. And it shows what we like about Captain America. I just felt like Captain America. Oh, that's how I got on this. He was just overpowered. To, to me, I like him as I, I like thinking of him exactly the way I think of Tom Brady. Like, I can't believe this guy is still doing this. <laughs> I can't believe all the movies kind of show this. And he got more and more power throughout the movies where he's kind of like a superhero. And Captain America was supposed to be the guy who was as strong as Arnold and as fast as Usain Bolt. But it was supposed to be human stuff. It was human. So like the jumping out of a plane kind of stuff doesn't work. He's supposed to be able to jump higher as high as the highest human and run as fast as the fastest human and, and not really age. But he was supposed to be a super soldier. He was supposed to be a dude. And you could just shoot him in the head. And and like, but just kind of winner guy, leader guy. And 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 through these movies, this became ultimates. And I think 
I think him escaping from the Triskelion is kind of from that comic. Like, and, and then he starts doing stuff like riding a motorcycle and going down a building and throwing his shield and busting helicopters. And to me, scene to scene, I kind of like it. I don't like it. I like it. And I don't like it. But I like the espionage stuff. And the elevator scene, again, top five, top ten is Marvel. It's scene. on my list. I don't know how I didn't. Yeah. I forgot that. Yeah. Yeah. Just so it's no shade on that. I just would almost always rather watch something else. And even Civil War, Civil War keeps a lot of the same beats going with now they're chasing both of them and a lot of the Civil War scenes. But I think as a debut of the um, the community directors, uh, the Russos, uh, the great, 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 great movie. Just, just it's never in my top seven. I guess the other thing to point about no one liking Cap. Um, is there a better s- jump from the original to the sequel in the MCU? Like, because I didn't really particularly enjoy the first Cap, but I love the second but it's so good later. It's so good later, though. Like, once you kind of accept what, at least to me, once you accept what it is, it's almost like, it's almost like Back to the Future or something like that. But go ahead, go ahead. It's, I'm sorry. I, I'd say the first Cap is a very good movie and it does what it needs to do but doesn't rock the boat too much on anything else right. it tells you who cap is as a person so i don't i don't think that's a bad film but to answer your question let's see we got i don't think we can count black panther because his first movie was in something else and then he went rolled into a single so i so we're talking cap iron man thor uh ant-man guardians, uh, guardians is a is a is a group up we're gonna count group ups or just solo people it's it's tough I think um, Cap Cap is probably the best sequel. But once again, like like was said earlier, at a certain point, these are all Avengers movies. Cap <laughs> Winter Soldier is Nick Fury, uh, Winter Soldier, yeah, Captain right. America, Black Widow, yeah. right? And that French dude. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Batman, right? Yeah. Right, yeah. George George Saint Pierre, I think. Which I did one like. One in the MMA. Movie. I thought he was great. One of the MMA guys. Yeah. yeah. Um, good. That's that's cool. all I got on Winter Soldier. I, I saw a Collider list or some list because I was looking through it and they had Captain America the First Avenger 1. And I oh. think, frankly, I mean, we're not into this kind of stuff personally, but I think kind of like if you hate America and then this movie makes you like understand Captain America, maybe that's why some people like it so much. But I think Captain America the First Avenger is really, really cute on, on rewatch and it establishes kind of the... I mean, look, it's the last scene in Infinity War and um, Endgame is kind of the Cat Peggy stuff, but I think yeah, I think I remember when Collider released that list and it was like 50 people in the room trying to agree on something uh, to create that list. So it's just like anything else in life. Once it has no real direction, it can just be a bunch of random stuff. Like I think Iron Man three is way up that list, and then I just you know <laughs> washed it out of my mind. Like they, this doesn't really count for anything. Um, Shane Black is the Shane Black of it. Yes, yeah. yes, terrible movie. Yeah, and it's not like I didn't like Captain America. It just was, it was like, it was just kind of, all right, that's cool. It, it that, one's hard, it that one's actually harder to put back on and watch from start to finish, because you know where it's going, right? Like, yeah, it's, I, I, I know you know how all of them are going, but this is like, watch this frail man get beat up in an alley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, watch yeah. him still jump on this grenade, you know, that, that kind of thing. And it's 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 character building. I'm not knocking the movie. It's it was mm-hmm. done the way it should have been done. But the third act, I don't really have any part I love of the third act. And really, then am I just turning it on to watch thin Steve Rogers? 
I like when he saves the guys. I mean, I mean, again, like you can watch if you watch. I think we did this. I think we went to the show and watched Wonder Woman and then came back and watched the first Avenger because they're just so similar. Um, in some way, I mean, there's not, you know, Amazon Island or whatever. But OK, so well, well covered, well covered. Um, who's up? Who's? I think it's got to be Luke with his number two. No, I just two. gave my number two. Oh, number one. I think I know who everyone's top picks are at this point. Because mine was Avengers, right? Yeah. Mine was Avengers. Yeah. We, we both had Avengers said too. Yeah. Dare I try to pick what everyone's got left? Yeah, go for it. Sure. All right. Uh, I think has Guardians of the Galaxy at number one. And I think Luke has Infinity War at number one. That's right. I, I know you have Guardians of the Galaxy. I definitely have Guardians of the Galaxy at number one. I already knew you were going to talk Guardians of the Galaxy, so I um... – I put Guardians 2 on my list, and I have Infinity War as my number one. Oh, okay. Oh. So two Infinity Wars. So so talk talk about Guardians. Okay. So uh, if you listen to the Nolan cast before, you'll know that I debated on the Nolan cast whether Prestige was better than Inception in my mind for three hours. In the end, I just had to pick which one I was more impressed with, that it should be up there in the first place. And that's why Prestige beat Inception on my list. And the same reason why Guardians beat Avengers on this list. In the end, uh, I grew up with the characters associated with the Avengers. I know nothing of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, me and my family would commonly, I'd get off of work. I'd run to a happy hour in Phoenix where you can get cheap appetizers and drinks. And then we go to the show at 530. And that was the setup for Guardians of the Galaxy. And I'm a big time believer if I think a movie's going to be great, trying to hit a midnight show. I left that movie theater completely enthralled with what, what I saw, saw, which was a modern-day Star Wars for me. Um, the character building, the, mo- the movie had great, uh, not only visual effects, the weirdness of it all. Uh, um, if you know anything about me, you know I've seen s- some of the Star Wars movies. No lie, if you count them all, over a thousand times. I will put them on while I'm cleaning, while I'm doing whatever, <laughs> easily over a thousand times. And I'll watch the back of the frame to see what weird oddity I can find. And this movie is so chock full of personality. It's so chock full of humor that does not take away from the character moments that all these, once again, these characters are actual individuals that live in their own space and they do what you would expect them to do. And they have all have great character arcs. To think that going in, that a ridiculous tree and a raccoon, that the tree would have a self-sacrificing moment that touched me to the core is a ridiculous feat to have. Right. We're in a, we're, you know, only what, 10, 15, 20 years past Jar Jar Binks being basically panned by everyone universally. And like for some people ruining a Star Wars franchise, not not me personally, but um, and to see them do it with a raccoon and a tree and no one says this is ridiculous. Why did you do this um, was was beautiful for me. Um, the the balance between uh, Star Lord kind of being a playboy, but also just getting dissed by a girl is a weird balance, like kind of Indiana Jones ish. If you know, he also got dissed by one random girl. Uh, <laughs> just to me, it works on so many levels. The the heart of Drax losing his family, what didn't seem, did not take thirty minutes to explain, but you saw the pain on him, and he did stupid stuff <laughs> that almost in je- jeopardized the whole team. I just thought the whole movie all the way through. Um, is a masterpiece to make me care about a bunch of people I don't care in an hour, 50, uh, two hours uh, space. So that's why Guardians of the Galaxy ekes out Avengers on my list. Um, and I can put on, on Guardians of the Galaxy at any point. The the um, the end moment where you've been shown that this super stone should basically wipe out anyone. 
uh, but the team is stronger than the individual and it shocks the villain to the point that that crescendo of the music in the the final moment you said it yourself where the guardians of the galaxy is a great way to end it and, and the mom the mom cancer thing hitting you with like the upstarting scene that then touches back on with the peter peter take my hand <laughs> at the very end uh works so well for me it, it's and they show him as a kid him being you know leeched to the music that his mother left him all of these moments play and they don't yeah. get old so to me that's why guardians of the galaxy is number one I'm gonna say something stupid before you say something smart. <laughs> if, we got, if, hey, if, if you put out any new merch, <laughs> please put that on a shirt. I'm gonna say something stupid before you say something smart. <laughs> By the way, if you'd like to purchase your Tatonia World T-shirt, um, that can be found in the link in the show description. I just got mine in the mail. It's tremendous. I want to wash it a couple of times so it looks a little bit more distressed. It's a little bit kind of uh, vinyl-y, kind of shiny right now, but it's a great shirt and it's a great mug. The problem with George Lucas was that he wasn't racist enough. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Like, uh, he was so he was so not racist that Ahmad Best is like, yo, I got this character, and he's like, oh, well, that's pretty good, right? He told him he was like, riff, you know, great, and he's like, oh, this this black guy is doing this great riff. This is great character. This is gonna be great. This is gonna be the bigger than Roger Rabbit and he just let Ahmad Best do whatever he wanted to right I mean that's actually what he didn't tell like he didn't tell him to do that Roger Rabbit voice or whatever else like Ahmad Best acted that messed out and George Lucas was like this is brilliant right <laughs> if he had he's so not racist he's so not clued into these things that he just had no idea how it would come off <laughs> I'm gonna say something smart before you say something stupid. Did he marry a black woman after the fact? Because yes, the after that, yeah. right. he's, he's been making he's been making up for it ever since. I mean, he, he made red tails after that. He he, he married a black woman and, and made red tails. <laughs> uh, sorry, sorry, uh, uh, Guardians. Go ahead, Luke. Go ahead, you. Uh, no, I, like Jay covered a lot of it um again the common theme for me is if you can marry like an well new to me story with a lot of comedy and cool creative action i mean that's the trifecta right like um and this had it all in spades so the I do like the anti-hero Quill, and you kind of want to, I mean, you love him, but he's a jerk, but you love him. But yeah, even with the mom thing, that was a great touch. Uh, Raccoon, let's rock it. That's what I was thinking, rock it, yeah. Um, I can go back and watch like all his scenes any day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. like Yandu's arrow was a cool like sci-fi thing i hadn't seen done before where you can whistle and control something like it just oh, like yeah, the little cool. nuance of them being creative in those ways i don't think it's that way in the comic book but like the nuance of that the the we're about to do a, a heist type of action film where they're sitting down at yeah. the table and Groot just gets up and starts the plan because he heard the first instruction and yeah. they have to wing it's, it it's really that's fine. just so brilliant like <laughs> just well done yeah. man yeah, we talked about the difference between kind of being referentially kind of funny, like, oh, no, he didn't kind of funny and like stuff like 
like um what's his name again from alias um american sniper i can't think of his name bradley cooper uh yeah bradley cooper is just like ter- legitimately hilarious kind of the entire movie i mean it's kind of funny and all you know all that kind of stuff the scene where they're gambling on these other um creatures to go through the fire gauntlet or whatever that is it, it it's just kind of you know that that is also true like all that stuff is really really funny yep. And, and and it's 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 like a legitimately funny group of pirates. Um, mm-hmm. I, it's very and, and I agree. Look, there's not a whole lot to add. I mean, obviously, it's cathartic when he find when he finally opens the present. Mm-hmm. You know, like he he opens the present at the end of the movie, and it's the new and, and it's and, and and so all of the times in these movies, and obviously that became part of the formula, which is why Guardians, I'm sure if movies ever kind of get up and rolling again, they'll do the Guardians 3. But it's not just as simple as kind of song from the 70s, kind of like a soft rock from the 70s, although that certainly plays. It it, it just... They create their own kind of universe. It became this own kind of thing. And I think it even more greater than Ant-Man or these other kind of things that I think were basically successful. It, it married the cosmic in a kind of way that a Silver Surfer movie, I mean, I know that would have been Fox, but like that other stuff wouldn't have played that way. And so that's why uh, my number one, it's just legitimately incredible when you get to see Thor bounce off of these characters and these other characters kind of do this kind of stuff. Cause it almost feels like a Marvel DC crossover having the guardians interact with our characters because it's just this other thing. Um, and totally agree that it ate, and people were saying it at the time before it became like verboten that you could never say anything bad about Star Wars, but it just ate Star Wars lunch. Like it just it just got the tone of it down so much, and it was like it's, it's not exactly Han Solo. It's it's kind of Indiana Jones. It's kind of a lot of things. It, um, just I mean, I don't care. I don't know. Well, this is a good question for both of you. There was a lot of hand wringing, and I assume it's partially just because you know, obviously, some people are in the DC camp or in other kind of camps. I just don't. I want the movie to be good. I like there was all this talk about Marvel has a villain problem for a long time, even though like I think the adolescent girls were also really into Loki for a while. I mean, they had villains, but they were like, oh, here's another villain. And I think that that comes from Guardians uh, with from Ronan to some to some point where they were just like, OK, here's another nondescript villain. But like, I don't super duper care about that either. Well, like. I don't think anyone wants their villain to be bad, but I really think you have to pick a narrative. Because if we look at the movies that we think that a the villain is good, is the villain the star? Because, like, Thanos, he was really the star of his movies, right? Like, the yeah, yeah. of Infinity War, at least. Uh, you want to look at Black Panther, like, Killmonger is the star. I put in that to watch Killmonger. And as much as I think you want that to happen you want to have a good villain i think you have to pick uh dark knight joker is the best part of dark knight and when you do that um i think the fear on my part would be if you're only going to have so many movies with a character that's the hero that i wanted to see and wanted to see forever um will i ever get to see my comic book hero that i actually showed up to really see because his name was on the title card so you have to pick your pick your poison um, I think Winter Soldier did the best job of balancing it, probably because he was a mute with a mask on for 90% of it, and he couldn't really say much. So Cap still kind of shines, and all the rest of the characters do. But um, to me, I don't think Marvel really has a villain problem. I think I think people gave DC too much credit because Nolan was at the helm, to be honest, because mm-hmm. it was just the Nolan ones. Mm-hmm. Who else? 
Oh, I, well, I'll put it this way. I think it's hard to mess up a Joker character. <laughs> if you've yeah. got half a brain, I think it's very hard to mess up a Joker. They found a way, but yeah. Like, when you look back at it, like, the first bad one was, like, the Adam West one, but that guy, for, once again, didn't want to shave his mustache and was, like, painting over it with white. Well, like, we were off to a bad start. Right? Right. <laughs> right. So, yeah. it, but as soon as we get up to, like, the modern-day Jack Nicholson, uh, like, perfect. Great. Still great. You just forget how great it is because then it's the next one that came in like, oh, man, this one's really good, too. And then you start saying, oh, if you're a pretty good actor, you can really feed off the Joker's chaos. And I think a lot of people can nail it. Um, so so to me, I don't think Marvel has rarely ever had a villain problem, but I think you have to pick a narrative. And I think the narrative they picked in the long run was let's show the big baddie at the end of every movie. And by the time he gets there, if we have a half a brain around us. Let's give him three fourths of a movie, and then know we're gonna have a, a sequel to follow. So, yeah. Okay, Guardians of the Galaxy, it, it, it just great, 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 great movie. But I, I, I think Guardians Two is not as good as Guardians. I kind of like Guardians Two a little bit more as a continuation of those arcs, but certainly a worthy number one. So, uh, let's talk about Infinity War. Which two out of three of us had as the number one? Uh, would you like to start us off? Uh, again, for me, it was. <laughs> I remember the silence at the end of the movie, and I'm happy you brought that up. And I'm not going to try to cut you off. But did we all have breakneck silence? <laughs> yes, absolutely. I'm going to say something so stupid before you say something was... smart, which is the new theme of the podcast. <laughs> um, in, in my theater, um, it was dead silence for 30 seconds, and then two young children crying, and then I bust out laughing because I thought it was funny, <laughs> and how, how they had messed with these children, <laughs> showing up on opening night and watching all their characters get dusted in front of them. <laughs> but anyways, uh, I'll, I'll let you continue. I'm happy we all had the same experience, though. Cause the, boy was like, the boy was like, the boy was like, no... <laughs> When when Groot when, when Groot went away, like Peter Peter Parker might have been like a bag of sand for for as much as he cared when Groot went away. When Groot when baby Groot went away, he was like no, like he was like right with Rocket, like no Groot, and, and he's just like no, you know it it, it was traumatic. I heard some other random podcast who was also talking about their experience with this movie, and they were talking about Endgame when they came back through the portals, and they were just talking about the theater they were at. Everyone was just just as hype as we were when everyone through, came through the portal. But then they showed uh, Peter Quill come through the portal. Everyone booed him like, you're the reason why this messing up. Yeah, and it's like, you know what? That's that's a good point because some characters, and I, you know, they have to mash all this stuff together and then they're fitting in more characters. And like you said, it's not so much about the female characters, but when we're making time for all this kind of stuff, do we need to see Pepper there? I, I was actually happy that they showed all these characters there because it's like more and more and more. And it's like the dude says, what, you want more? And so that's the scene to show everybody. So I get that. But like um, some of this stuff just comes at, at, at the sacrificing of other stuff. I, I lost my train of thought. What were we talking about? Just we were just talking about the dead silence. That's how we got here—the dead silence on the end of the movie. Um, but then also the portal and how Peter Quill got booed. Oh no, because Peter—that's what I was gonna say. Sorry. So Peter Quill and Gamora was like a real thing, and they were just that became a joke. Peter uh, Quill and Gamora became a joke, and the Hulk kind of became a joke at the end because they couldn't quite tie all of that together. Mm-hmm. And and I, I think I don't know if it's part of the backlash to what his character did, but it's just like they, they didn't super duper resolve that. In a wacky movie that has, you know, two of her, two, two, um, I always want to call her Jezebel. What's the sister's name? 
I can see her calling her. I can see her yelling at Nebula. Her, Nebula. Yeah. yeah, like this is all these nebulas. Anyway, go ahead. I, I sidetrack. No, uh, I mean, I was just so happy that they actually did it. And I knew it wasn't going to last. I knew they were going to all come back somehow. I mean, I kind of hoped they wouldn't. But, like, growing up watching cartoons and watching X-Men or whatever else, like, they die, but they only really kind of fake die, and then they always come back. But to actually kill half... You just spent how many years building up these characters, and then... You have Thor, you think, win the day, and then, nope, I'm still going to kill half these characters. And that was just, like, okay, so when we talk about memorable moments, I'll never forget that silence and how happy I was that they did it, even for just one movie. Um, so that that alone puts it up there. Um, other than everything else, like... Um, Again, a culmination of all this, having all these characters on the screen together, working together, and I didn't really know that much about Thanos, but to see, it was cool to see him more and more and to see his power in this movie. Um, and I love when you do have a villain where they do create that dread um, of that. Un it's probably, honestly, like, this is kind of crazy, but one of my scariest nightmares ever since I was a child is being on like a dark desert road and there's like a semi that's coming and I can't go fast enough and he's just going to catch up to me no matter what. And that same sense of dread is what I got in Winter Soldier and to a certain extent get with Thanos because it's just this inevitable force that won't be stopped. Um, so, yeah. They did a I great got. job. Great job opening scene to let us know who Thanos is. We've seen him in these movies. He ain't done squat. First thing he does, it just rocks the mess out of the Hulk, and his boys are sitting there like, let him have his fun, like they know what's about to mm -hmm. come. Um, that's a great way to introduce a villain where you've basically seen the character that you're like, he's going to, if he's at full strength and whatever, like he's going to carry us through. And then just see him get rocked with lefts and rights, <laughs> like in a Mike Tyson type boxing situation where he's just getting close and throwing haymakers. Uh, I thought that was a brilliant way to to start uh, the introduction. Did you see the memes? Did you see the memes around that time where they put Thanos in a trucker hat and be like, "Thanos is every light skinned girl's dead white daddy." <laughs> <laughs> like you go on when she's mixing it, Thanos. Is like... <laughs> um, as long as we're saying racist stuff, what is what is legitimately messed up? And and we're back to um we're back to Endgame now. Uh. Other countries were apparently like going to the show. There's like in America, there was a lot of cheering for a lot of those scenes that, that took place because they were just such big scenes. But like other countries where people are legitimately, you know, with subtitles on the bottom. And you see any of those from India or China, you know, where people are just like just just screaming the whole time. And it's just like part of the experience They they, they don't cheer the same way for the Wakandans in China. Mm. Like it's like, eh, it, like it just straight up is like it's 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 unmistakable. It's just like, oh yeah, yeah you know, <laughs> like come out, and it's kind of a weird scene. It's kind of a weird part of the portals uh, aspect anyway, where they come out and it's kind of like he kind of nods, you know, and it's kind of understated before Falcon comes out. But again, that's a different movie. The thing that I will say about Infinity War, well, I guess it's kind of along the same lines is. 
It was the first movie where it legitimately became like a sitcom where you cheered people's appearances. Where it's like, oh, there's Kramer, and people, you know, cheered like the studio audience oh, cheered. Beard and when, cap. Yeah. <laughs> beard of cap, people lost their minds when he caught that spear. And it's like, and, it, and that's really well kind of set up, and the train goes by, and it's kind of a pause. And people like, and this is, I guess, what, it's coming off Civil War, right? And and so everybody kind of got their hero moment, Spider-Man, like all these kind of characters. And it was like, almost like the sense of impending dread that kind of, because you, you could sense where Black Panther was going. Like, like like we're old enough to know, like we're old enough to know. She's like, go ahead and beat him up quick, brother, so we can get on with this. And you're like, he's about to get waxed, right? Like, you, you know where it's going, right? And so we knew, you know what Thanos is, you know what the Infinity War and the Infinity Gauntlet is from the comics. You know what's happening with all this kind of stuff. And and we know it, and the first time you sense it, and so all these characters are kind of getting their last little hero moment, right? And so we haven't talked about the Red Skull, which was uh, the Red Skull moment was a really big deal at the time, and um, um, really all of the great memes that came out of that too, you know, uh, of which which my favorite is, um, did you sign Chris Middleton to $178 million? <laughs> yes, but what did it cost you a title? Everything. Um, right, everything. It cost you everything. But like, yeah, no, that the Red Skull, the Red Skull scene was also one of those you can hear a pin drop kind of moments. Yep. Yeah, um, for me, Infinity War couldn't budge past the fact, just a, as a recap. I did have it at five. Um, great movie. Uh, some of the great scenes in it uh, that haven't been touched on as of yet are uh, obviously like the, the the Thor comedy with with uh, Guardians of the Galaxy was was great was great comic relief in a movie kind of full of dread. I really liked, and I can't forget his name. Uh, remember his name right now, but whoever Squidward was as a villain to have a first act villain who kind of gets off really like he stuck with me. I have a thing with random people that you don't know too much about who show kind of power, his whole kind of like, Oh, the Lord Thanos, <laughs> all that stuff mm -hmm. just really played really well for me. And the fact that he was super strong and kind of got beat on a technicality made sense to me. Like uh, he was taking out some of the best of the Avengers kind of solo by himself, which uh, really even set the stage for Thanos more because if this guy is not even trying to usurp Thanos, it tells you a lot of it tells you more about Thanos once again. Uh, so it builds up all those characters again. So um, uh, the the only issues I have with Infinity War and why I can't breach is kind of the power structure we've already discussed. The scene that you just mentioned with Cap coming in with the beard, and he catches a spear, and he's there. I think with Scar with uh, with Black Widow, and they saved the day. But I'm like, that's Scarlet Witch and Vision. Like, they're two of the strongest Avengers. They should have been perfectly fine taking out these people by themselves. And, and they do a lot of that, like, leaving Scarlet Witch up by Vision towards the end. There's a lot of, like, what they used to do with Professor X, which uh, oh, Professor X is napping again. The team has to go out right, by Because yeah, otherwise, yeah. Professor X will just fix everything. Um, there, there's yes. a lot of that yes, going on early on. Uh, but the 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 final battle with the dusting of everyone, and also the the Hulk stuff, I've already kind of mentioned. I felt Hulk was cheapened in this movie. I don't really blame this movie because I think they could have fixed the next one, but they didn't. Yeah. So um, I would have been fine if they left Hulk like have his you know crisis here, but come back with a vengeance. But since that didn't happen, it's even more ins kind of insulting to me that they just not only not didn't have Hulk, but they had. <laughs> uh, Bruce Banner just fighting the Hulkbuster armor once again. So now everyone's Iron Man again. So that could have been, you know, mm -hmm. that could have been any Wakandan they just threw in the suit. So I really liked the battle uh, on Titan. Um, that was 
it's so cool to see. Yeah. To me, you saw a lot of things I hadn't seen in the comics or anywhere before, and and them fighting together and trying to outsmart Thanos just to get to that point um, until Quill screws it up. But yeah, I really enjoyed Thanos or the the battle on Titan. Um, There's one other thing, but I just forgot it. So it goes on. No, so the thing that I really like the beat and the staging of the back half of the Thor gets the axe thing. You know, it, it just like he falls and it's whatever. I feel like the music's kind of loud, and then like that he cuts off his arm and and puts his arm on the axe, and then the axe calls to him and it builds. This is, it was kind of like Apex Thor was Thor. Thor arrives in Wakanda is really like the hero moment from all of that, and so well, I mean, I, again, I, I've mentioned this like when when um, Bozeman died, but it's just like him and Captain America racing to the front lines is just is such an evocative scene some commentary or somewhere they were like, you know, cause they're shooting all these movies at the same time. And basically like whoever plays in Baku was like, well, we do this chant thing before the battle and the directors are like, okay, well that's cool. Use that if you want, you know, like they didn't know, like know what it was. So they're doing like, you know, like what kind of, um, Bombay. Yeah. Bombay, yeah. They're, they're doing all that. But like it, it was, um, cause again, like whatever our problems with black Panther, black Panther was really hot and it came out like really soon before that too. Was, was black Panther like a February? Was it, was it a black? I feel like it was like four months. I feel like it was four, with four <laughs> was it, months was it of February? each other. Yeah. They were both released. I feel like they were within four months. And, and black Panther made a billion dollars, yeah. right? Like black Panther didn't make a whole lot less than, than infinity war. Right. But, but yeah, everybody goes away. The violin or viola or bass or whatever that is. And that song is, that track is just great. It's, just so great it sounds it sounds like schindler's list kind of yeah, yeah. And, and it's just it's it's so wonderful and then the movie just ends mm-hmm. the movie just ends one one of the favorite quotable scenes comes from from another uh memorable scene at least for me like i i think most people don't care about this scene uh but when they try to sneak up on on thanos when they're on nowhere that head of the dead giant or whatever that we saw on the original guardians uh he's like got whatever uh, using whatever stone so they can't see that he's already been there and destroyed the place. Uh, uh, the touching moment of that is, of course, the uh, you asked too much of him, daughter, when he had promised to kill Gamora, when Peter Quillick promised to kill Gamora. And then even after he does what she asked and he's broken down to tears, like bubbles come out in the way he like twisted them and like basically skinned apart Drax and all them and they came back together. That's from the comics. That's from the Infinity War Gauntlet or whatever. So th- that that stayed true. But one of the things me and my son just love to do around this house and goes back to us also doing stupid Bane voices is the uh, the collector doing the magnificent, magnificent. <laughs> we'll still to this day do that at, at a drop of a dime. So a little bit of a comic. And he was probably already dead at that part, right? Like, because when they yeah. fix everything, he's not even in the container. Right. So yeah. Uh, and, and and the reason Quill the reason Quill survives is because Thanos respects that he was willing to sacrifice her, which of course right. comes back around again. But he's like, you know, he respects that he did did what he, he would just, have done. If he had yeah, he did what he what, what to needed do. to be done. Right. What needed to be done. But yeah, it's um, I, I would say what I like in any movie, especially because we basically just watch a bunch of popcorn movies generally is not knowing what's going to happen next and knowing there's a lot left. And so when he wakes up in the pool after actually throwing her off the cliff and she's dead, and you like I sensed that, I think we all kind of sensed that one was going to stick, even though past Gamora or future Gamora, however that went back, came back when the other timeline, like that, that, that hit, I, I knew that was going to stick. I wasn't sure about Loki and nobody cares about Idris Elba 
Like, so I was like, well, those are probably stick, but it was like, and again, like I didn't, I don't know. So if I'm nitpicking on that, the thing I didn't like about that is that the open is that Ragnarok, which isn't on any of our lists, which was still very, very good. And like they end with this triumphant moment. And then it's just like, oh no, we killed all those people five minutes later. I feel like you know? Ragnarok was told they had to end a certain way and had no idea what was going to happen in the next movie to keep it under lock and key. Because there's no point in building up like, yeah, we saved all the people, <laughs> and then they're and then they're dead in the next scene. Um, I know I've gone back and forth with my friends on this, and he says, well, they saved half of them, and I'm like, out of a show, like yeah, it sure doesn't seem like it. Uh, maybe I need to put subtitles on and listen to it again. But yeah, it's hard watching those back to back because the payoff of that movie is like, oh, Thor, yeah, you, you don't need that stupid hammer. And what's he doing this movie? Gis Rock doesn't use lightning, goes building hammer. Like it does not work in a, in a narrative of him having like a good character arc whatsoever if you watch them and, and, and that that's so comics that's so comics you know the next episode you know that's very comics it just as a film we like i don't think we really wanted that it's so much to be like okay here's the other threat like the other oh, x-men beat magneto and oh here come the shiar in the next episode or here's the shadow king or whatever but it just didn't yeah i didn't care for that um so we've gone probably two hours between our two uh, sessions. Um, anything else y'all want to get off your chest, or should we uh, wrap it up there? Yeah, um, nothing for me. Just don't watch Iron Man 3, and I think it'll be good with almost every other MCU movie. What's coming I up think, next? I think if we want to get the entire gang back together, um, I think we should do top five Star Wars. I think that totally works now. And we could, we could get... Ken and Crib for that if they wanted to or, or, or not. I mean, that'd be probably another kind of long one. I do, for, for those kind of generally listening, the this takes kind of a long time to do, but I think the concept we got, I have literally 13 guests lined up for a kind of general availability. So I think what we're going to do is kind of, a, kind of the general concept going through the playoffs is we're going to do kind of weird pairings. So we're going to kind of put people together that you know kind of from other stuff and kind of put them together and uh, maybe play some games or talk about how the Bucks choked away game two or whatever as it goes. So we got that going. But I, I think, I don't know if you guys are into it. I think, uh, I think top five Star Wars would be a, a good place to get together in a couple months. That list from here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could do that right now. I have to now. do any research on that. Okay, so before we go, a couple other people sent us our list, uh, sent us their list. Cool J, Cool J, nonchalant Cool J, uh, went in order of best to worst, top five, Infinity War, Guardians 1, Captain America Winter Soldier, Ragnarok, and Iron Man. We didn't get to talk about Iron Man 1 at all. Obviously, Iron Man 1, as my dog comes in here and shakes. Shakes it fast. Um, Ragnarok, great movie. Iron Man 1, foundational movie. Just didn't make the list, but yeah, that's a really good list. Um, Blair at Blaza 18. Number one, Infinity War. Two, Winter Soldier. Three, Endgame. Four, Iron Man 1. So we got some more Iron Man 1 love. And five, Guardians of the Galaxy. Deezy at Dazman 98. One, Endgame. Two, Guardians 2. My man, Guardians 2 at number two. Three, Doctor Strange. Four, Black Panther. And five, Spider-Man Far From Home. Um, we didn't get to talk about um, the homecoming performance of Michael Keaton either although he's not in far from home i also really really like far from home movies the marvel movies that aren't going to be the big tentpole ones i, I just liked when they were interesting and then the um, kind of what happens with characters in that um, and kind of the cliffhanger far from home another really good movie and uh muser rick at 
Joy-Con Boys Forever, Endgame, Infinity War, Civil War, Black Panther, and Thor Ragnarok in a very fine list. So, again, this one ran a little bit long. We'd like to thank everybody for listening, um, support the show, uh, buy some merch, and leave a review, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. And we will talk to you in another two, three weeks. And go Bucks.